0: Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to episode number 73 of my Sexy Music Podcast, the Millennial Throwback Machine. First of all, I like to welcome all of you to episode number seventy three of my Sixty Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or on Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering. So what the heck is this? Well, I'm just gonna give you a brief description of what the show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a twenty three year old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a huge 60 music fan slash expert slash nerd and each week of this podcast I take one song by one artist from the sixties and split the show in two parts. First part of the show I talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks do my own first analysis on the arrangement of the song, which we'll will include the chords, melody, and lyrics. And in the second part of the show I dig deep dig deep into the history behind that track. In that part of the show I talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, who are the musicians in the track, whether it be the session musicians or the band members? The history behind the artist that recorded the song, where studio they recorded the song at, um, what label the song was released on, and where the lo- studio the song was recorded at was located at, and where the label the song was released on was located at, and what peak position the song made up originally in the Billboard Hot 100 charts, and the year and month it was released. All of that is in the second part of the show. Moving on, let's get started in this week's song, shall we? Okay, so um, this week for my podcast, I'm going to be doing something a little different than from what I normally do on my show. Now, I'm sure, as you can notice by now, with all the songs I have done on the show so far, they all have one thing in common. They all came out of the 60s. And the main reason as to why I don't really do any modern songs uh, you hear on, you know, today on this podcast is because. Um, so many modern songs from artists like Billie Eilish and uh, artists like Someone Like Her sound so completely different from the stuff that was popular in the 50 years ago in the 60s. And also, this entire podcast is also supposed to be an educational podcast about the past to show you guys what was going on in popular music in the 60s and show you what the music business was like back then and how much has changed since the 60s ended. But I must say that one valuable thing that I learned about history in general is that if I want people to be captivated and interested in the past, I have to be able to connect the dots with the music of 50 years ago and the music of today. And to show people that despite the fact that there is a major huge disconnect with both time periods, as far as popular music is concerned, if you're comparing the 60s to right now in 2019, that... There are some new-ish artists out there today that are doing music that is heavily influenced by songs and artists um, from the 60s. And the artist I'm covering today has been around for as long as some of the major popular music heavyweights of the last decade or so, particularly Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake. Um, And is still putting out new music today, but the big difference between himself and those artists is that, you know, never in my life have I heard another artist today in 2019 that has been able to embody the spirit and energy and the charisma and the heart and soul of 60s R&B in 2019 today as much as this guy and I first discovered him when I was about in I think it was 9th or 10th grade I think it was actually 10th or 11th grade I don't really remember exactly when but anyways um, when I discovered him first I fell in love with the sound and his records were so true to the style of 60s and I honestly haven't heard his music again until, uh, last weekend, um, when I listened to his latest album, but I must say that his new music compared to when I first discovered him, which was like in 2010, 2011, still has that vintage 60 soul sound, so without further ado, I'm going to be doing one of the, one of his songs off of his latest album that came out this year, and let me tell you something, when I first, his, when I first heard this song, I was completely blown away by how good it was, I mean... Yes, the song was recorded, probably done in 2018 and probably 2019 a little bit too. But the way the song was written and arranged, it might as well have been written in 1965 and recorded and arranged in 1965. But I must say I fell in love with the song from the first time I heard it last weekend. And I got the same kind of feeling of excitement and joy and bliss when I heard this song when I heard here are some of my favorite 60s songs today. Unlike when I was a kid, when I was very unfamiliar with the sound of 60s soul, and I was just getting to know it, now I am completely familiar with the sound from that era, and now I know exactly where he pulled from, as far as wor- what he used as reference points, or, or in other words, reference tracks to arrange and write these songs, you know. But anyways, um, this song absolutely kicks ass, and it's amazing, and it's just, and it's just, and I'm just a banger. It's just so good, you know, it's just incredible, and I can't wait to start talking about it with you. I mean, man, this song is just absolutely phenomenal. It, like, it's a total banger. This song came out in April of 2019 as part of his latest album, 99 Cent's Dream. It's by an artist named Eli Paperboy Reed. It's called News You Can Use. (laughs) Should do doing in a place like this don't you have a lady at home you miss i bet she's sitting by the phone waiting for your call if you ask me you shouldn't be at all you got a good woman hold on holy mackerel damn that song is off the freaking chain Oh my God! I mean, wow! That song is just incredible, and it's really, really fucking good. It's just amazing! Holy mackerel! That song is a total banger, like 100%. And today we're gonna get into what makes a song so good, both musically and lyrically. But it's always, you know, as per usual, let's talk about what what makes a song so good musically first. Okay, so for a modern-day pop song, this has one of the coolest introductions on the planet. I mean, literally, within the first few seconds of the song, the drums come in, the whole band comes in full force to play these this three-note phrase. But the intro for the song is what really got me hooked into listening to the song. Because as soon as that three-note phrase is over, the drummer kicks in with a super awesome 12-8 groove. And let me tell you something. If you're a drummer out there listening to this podcast, you know how absolutely almost impossible it is to play that 12-8 group and groove and really get it tight you know because it really takes a lot of hand eye coordination when you're playing that 12-8 group and really get it solid just really you know and make sure that you're not, like, you know, ahead or behind everybody else. But before I talk about the rest of the song, I mean, that intro is everything because not only does it grab people and just hooks everybody into hearing the whole song, but it's powerful and it sounds amazing because it's essentially just a two-chord intro which is B minor and A minor. And But man, does this song have an amazing start and really, and it, by the way, the intro for this song really raises the bar for people that, that when they listen to it. Because then they naturally expect for the rest of the song to be just as good as the intro. And man, does this guy deliver in that department, let me tell you right now. But seriously, I mean, the rest of the song besides the intro is fantastic. I mean, first of all, the groove that the drummer is playing is phenomenal. And we'll say that the groove that he's playing is directly lifted from the impression song, but it's all right. Um, actually, the name of the song is called It's Alright. Sorry, it's just a completely different song uh, by J. J. Jackson. But anyways, the drummer on that song plays the exact same 12-8 groove the drummer on this song is playing in the first verse. But I love how he pays homage to his influences and does a little bit of borrowing, but not to the point where you can easily tell that it's a blatant ripoff of an already existing song. But anyways, as far as what's happening with the rest of the song, the structure of it is... F- phenomenal. I mean the verses don't drag on too long and the pre-choruses do a perfect job of building things up and the choruses, you know, to the choruses and are fantastic because they are so big and bombastic and so simple that that's what makes the song so great because you can easily sing along the chorus because it's literally just four words basically and a little tagline at the end, but it's just incredible. And also I love the the horn chart on this song i mean that horn break towards the end before the last pre-chorus is fantastic and also that horn line uh in the intro is just to die for it definitely harkens back to the chicago soul records of uh, where he was there this guy was obviously referencing from when he recorded and wrote this song and obviously whoever do- was doing those horn charts in the song was paying close attention so the arrangers like of Chicago at that time in the 60s, like Johnny Pate and Riley Hampton, who created the sound of Chicago soul with their very unique melodic horn melodies that they would, you know, chart out at the same time. That sounded unique, at the same time, sounded very distinct. And also, um, what's also n- another thing that so about the song that makes it so Chicago soul is the piano. It sounds very much something like a guy named Floyd Morris would play on records like By the Impressions and uh, you know Major Lance and uh, Barbara Acklin and people like that, and Gene Taylor too. Um, he plays the top two notes of the chords in the song, and to where it almost sounds like he's playing the full chords, but really he isn't playing the full co- full chords, or maybe he's doing higher inversions of those chords, which makes the track sound really cool. Also, in keep in keeping true with the Chicago soul style. Um, the chorus only has two chords, and man, I love those, those two and three minor chords that are b- being used in the pre-chorus. And also, the pre-chorus in the song is phenomenal. It doesn't go on for too long, and it builds up, and just r- the right amount of tension until the incredibly, credible payoff in the chorus where the song explodes into its fantastic chorus. I mean... Holy crap, I mean, that chorus is just loud, it's powerful, it's simple, it's just amazing. You know, and those two or three minor chords that you use before the chorus and the pre-chorus is also good too. Also, I love how much repetition the song has and how for the last pre-chorus, there's a subtle change in the lyrics, but then everything gets back on track for the last chorus as he rides it out before the song's ends with the last two-note phrase that started out the song out. In the first place, I mean, basically the song goes verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and that little break where it goes back into the intro, then the last pre-chorus and the chorus, and then the chorus rides out, and then that last little two-note phrase at the end is just epic. It's just so good. And one thing that I find in common with the song and the Chicago soul classic, Nothing Can Stop Me by Gene Chandler, is a repetition of the horn, main horn motif in the song. In that song, it's the first thing you hear, and it's repeated three times throughout the song. And in this Eli Paperboy retrack, the horn part is repeated quite a few times throughout the song. And again, it's literally the first thing you do when you listen to the song, along with that opening drum riff, and then that horn motif comes in. It's like the first thing you listen to, and it just really grabs you and just really gets you going. And again, it's very melodic, so it definitely is similar sounding to the horn arrangements of those classic Chicago Soul records but not by blatantly copying any of those songs, because when you listen to this song, you're not going to think to yourself, wow, this sounds exactly like another song. Well, you will, but you're not going to think, you're not going to, like, literally think about another song when we learn a Chicago soul song when you're listening to this song. Literally, um, when you listen to this track, you're not going to hear any kind of blatant, obvious, just similarities between, you know, a melody in a Chicago soul record and the melody in this one, so... He really did a good job of just, you know, paying homage to a lot of those records, but not literally copying everything to the point where he could get sued, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, a, you know, making a derivative of something that's already been done. But, again, let's talk about, let's get to the song's lyrics, okay? So, lyrically, this song definitely evokes many different pop and R&B songs from the 60s because the situation is so of that time frame, but it can still be relatable today as well. Okay, so basically, this is your classic, hey, what are you doing messing around with uh, other women and just hanging out at home for, for don't you know that your baby loves you song? I mean, this is basically that's that's literally the dictionary definition of what the song is about. And I mean it's basically Eli's telling this guy that this girl that he knows is interested in him romantically and he shouldn't be ditching her and not spending any time with her like he's like hey man what are you doing around hanging out here boy you should be home with your girlfriend man because he he said that he himself lost a girl that he had because he neglected her you know and you know he you know he didn't really spend enough Time with her specifically because he, you know, drove around town and got drunk and then, you know, and never really, you know, spent a good amount, good amount of time with her. And he's basi- and Eli is basically telling this guy not to make the same mistake he made and accept his girl that his girl specifically that wants to be with him with open arms. Now, what is so cool about this song is that it's a slight twist on the classic Beatles song "She Loves You," and instead of it being told from a guy telling another guy that he thought he hurt her well when he finds out that she actually loves her from him and is willing to forgive him for the wrong that he has done and just be like hey man she loves you you know you know that can't be bad she loves you no you should be glad well in this scenario he hasn't done anything bad to her he's just not at home spending enough time with her and Eli says he should come home and be with her and keep her company and not do what he did. I mean, you know, he basically said you better take a fool's advice, you know, because a girl like her don't come around twice. That's news you can use. I mean, come on, man. Go go with go be with your girl, man. Don't be don't be hanging out uh, hanging out around here. I mean, that's just that's basically what he is saying in the song. That's news you can use. Your baby loves you. And, you know, that and, you know, that caused him to and He basically doesn't want him to make the same mistakes that caused him to lose his girl that he had for quite a while. You know, which he drove around town drunk and never really spent that much time with her. See, the situation is so 60s R&B, you know, in soul. And only somebody like himself could write a song with such a vintage lyrical situation, but it'd be something brand new that just came out this year. (laughs) You know, he's the only guy who could really do that. But really... Um, this situation could have happened 50 years ago or this year when the songs released. That's what's so cool about it, is that on the surface, yeah, it seems like the situation sounds old and outdated, but really what he's talking about could still happen today with younger adults and slightly older ones. I mean, so many songs from the 60s really did a good job of just sort of complicating, you know, basic love song scenarios, like in the Impression song you know, you must believe me, you know, he basically, the chorus is, you must believe me, no matter what the people might say, you must believe me, because darling, just didn't happen that way, I mean, basically, it's about a guy that, you know, is trying to tell his girl, hey, like, you know, like, don't believe what they say about what I, what I could have done to you, like, believe in me, because I'm telling you what they're saying was bullshit, you know, what I'm telling you is the truth, and just that whole I mean, that whole dynamic of just really complicating certain, you know, situations about, you know, certain things about love is just, just so 60s, you know, because a lot of 60s songwriters did that. I mean, Motown did that. Um, a lot of writers were for Chicago. For Chicago did that. I mean, even guys in Marshall Scholes did that. I mean, it was just such a classic, you know, scenario with a lot of those great 60s soul records. So really... Of course, this song has an old-school sound, but the lyrics can still be very relatable to young people today, and yes... I know that this guy basically failed at trying to incorporate newer 2019 productions and arrangement characteristics, you know, with old songwriting and period piece style vocals. I mean, it's not like he threw in like a, like a, you know, a hip hop drum beat and some and some, you know, and some synthesizers and you know and you know he I, he kind of he kind of failed in that department as far as making something old sound new again. But look, I don't care. And honestly, you can look at it from the perspective of, "Oh, this guy doesn't isn't doing anything new, and he's deliberately trying to recreate something that should have been left alone in the first place, and trying to duplicate something that already happened in the past. Therefore, he's living in the past himself instead of getting with the present, and he's not trying to create anything that sounds new." Well, guess what? Let me tell you something right now, because you know, I and I can understand why you might think like that, but there's something that you have to understand about music. In general, and and a lot of it applies to a lot of the stuff here today. Most of the so so-called brand new genres of music that you hear on the radio, like EDM and hip hop and metal and even electronic pop, had their origins and were actually created decades previously before right now. I mean, like I'm talking like in the seventies and the eighties and nineties. You know, forty five to you know forty to twenty years ago. So a lot of these EDM guys aren't even doing really doing anything new. I mean, look at Daft Punk. They practically invented EDM, and they were around in the 90s. And even before that, guys like Dick Hyman were pioneering synthesizer music in the early 70s. And disco tracks that were huge hits, such as George McCray's Rock Me Baby in the mid-70s, also utilized drum machines and the 4 on the floor rhythms in, in, uh, in EDM also originally stemmed from mid-70s disco songs. And, of course, rap had its origins in the 80s with groups like Run-DMC and Public Enemy, you know, and this was way before people like Eminem and Drake and uh, other guys like Kanye West kind of came on in the scene and even people like Kendrick Lamar. I mean, before all of those people... There was Run DMC and Public Enemy in the in, in the in the early 80s, and bands like Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath practically invented metal to a certain extent in the mid 70s. And Black Sabbath actually formed and became a band in 1968 in England. That was way before Metallica and Slayer. And, you know, Slipknot and all those big classic, you know, all those big metal bands that you hear about today. I mean, before all that, there's Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath. But the point I am trying to make about all this is that any genre of music you hear today isn't totally 100% brand new. And everything isn't really 100% original, you know, today. And everything stemmed from what happened already in the past. So anything you hear today isn't anything that hasn't already been done before. Everything has, you know, has an origin from something that happened in the past. And this includes the music of Eli Paperboy Reed. And is that a bad thing? It absolutely isn't because if you like... Um, Eli Paperboy reads music and you and I and if I like it too then who gives a flying fuck if it doesn't sound original or if it doesn't sound like something you have not that hasn't already been done before I mean I don't care hopefully you don't either you know because I just like it because good music is good music regardless of whether or not it sounds original or not and that's the fucking truth okay so plus the only difference between Eli and a lot of the artists out there today is that he is successfully recreating a style and genre that arguably has been long forgotten about and abandoned over the course of 50 plus years since it was popular in the mid 60s and that genre of music is chicago soul with this particular song news you can use and also the fact that he is a new artist that has that retro Chicago soul and even Motown soul sound makes him stand out from the thousands of other artists out there today who are trying to sound like, you know, Zed and, you know, Billie Eilish, you know, and Ed Sheeran, you know, who are trying to sound like Charlie Puth and, you know, and Post Malone, all those really big name pop artists today because he isn't trying to sound like any of those people. He's trying to really embody this, the genre and the spirit and the production and the arrangements of all those classic 60s records today. And because of that, he doesn't sound like anybody else you hear on the radio today. And he probably won't really get too much radio airplay on all the major radio stations, but that's okay. I mean, his, his bag should really be trying to get a songs license for film and TV because, again you know, his stuff would be perfect to replace a lot of, you know, records by Gene Chandler and the Impressions and Major Lance and even people like Barb Acklin, you know, and Tyrone Davis and Jackie Wilson, because, you know, he's brand new, but he still has that sound and they can't afford or can't get the clearances for any of those groups. You know, that's when they'll hit him up to use his stuff. And he actually did get a song placed in a trailer for a Netflix TV show, I believe. And I'm pretty sure that Eli Paperboy Reed is the only artist out there today who can su- successfully replicate the sound of 60 Soul with his music today in 2019. And I rest my case. Okay, so now let's move on to the history behind this specific artist, uh, Eli Paperboy Reed. Um, you know, I won't go into too much hist- in detail as far as the history of his uh, music is concerned because he, even though he's been around for a while, his first album came out in 2009. Um, you know, I figured that maybe, you know, he's been around for a little bit. He's still got a lot of stuff that he needs to do, so he's not totally over yet. You know, he's still pretty much a new and upcoming artist, and he has been around for around the same time as, you know, Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake. Um, he, I believe he's about the same age as them, too. Well, I think Justin Timberlake's a little bit older than him since he, you know, was, uh, was alive in the, you know, in the 90s, too. But, anyways, um, he was born in the early 80s in Brookline, Massachusetts. And after graduating from Brookline High School, he moved to Clarksdale, Mississippi in 2002. And then he moved to Southside Chicago, where he played organ and went to the same church as a girl named Mitty Collier. Now, for those of you out there who don't know who Middie Collier is, Mindy Collier was an artist on chess records. She was on and basically around the same time as Meta James. But, you know, unfortunately what happened with Mitty Collier is that she did not get the breakthrough that Edda James did. Mindy Collier kind of dived into complete, total obscurity when Edda James blew up and she became huge. Um, Mindy Collier kind of went down south after that. Um, You know, her only semi-hit was a song called I Had a Talk With My Man Last Night, which is a great um, Chicago soul sound, even though it's very much uh, influenced by Southern Soul. I think Chicago Soul and Southern Soul kind of crossed over. A lot of, and quite a lot of stuff back then, but, anyways, um, with his breakthrough album in 2010, Come and Get It, he has said that Chicago soul artists such as Mel Tim and Tyrone Davis heavily influenced him for that album. And though he did put out one album before that called Roll With You, um, since then he has put out five albums, and this track was from his latest album, 99 Cent Dreams. Now, what's so cool about this album was that 90% of it was recorded live, which adds another extra depth of old-schoolness with this album since that is how most songs were recorded back in the early to mid-60s, specifically the Chicago soul records of the Impressions and Major Lance. And it was actually done at a vintage recording studio in Memphis called Sam C. Phillips Studios. And by the way, this is the same Sam Phillips who discovered Elvis, and recorded his first records at Sun Studios, which is now a museum. It's still open to this day, you know, from the mid-50s. Sam C. Phillips Studios is a studio that he built and opened up himself after he got burnt down in Sun. And uh, it was the same studio that a group of musicians known as Sam the Sham the Farrells, which were a huge 60s group. They had two number two hits in the 60s. They recorded in that same studio that Eli Paperboy would cut 99 Cent Dreams in. And he recorded the album with a group of backup singers that have been around forever in Memphis. Uh, they might have been actually on the Stax record label, a, group, a doo-wop group called the Masqueraders. Those are the, the group of guys who backed up um, Eli Boy Reed as far as the backup singers on this album. And uh, they definitely have that, you know, that impressions sound. And they also kind of sound like a group called uh, the Esquires who had a song called Get On Up, which was a huge hit. You know, produced by Bill Bunkie, Shepherd, Shepard, uh, you know, a huge Chicago soul record in, uh, you know, 1967. They definitely sounded a lot like them. And uh, the musicians on this album, 99 Cent Dreams, consisted of Michael Montgomery on bass, Ken Kummer on drums, J.B. on piano, Art Ed Mayston on tenor sax, and Kirk Smothers on barry sax, and Mark Franklin on trumpet, and Eli plays guitar and sings all the leads on the album. And the album was produced and mixed by a guy named Matt Ross Spang and mastered by a guy named Jonathan Pines. And the album was released in April of 2019. And I hope by me doing a song by him, you guys will love his music just as much as I did when I first heard this artist when I was a teenager. I mean, I discovered Coming and get it around that time from when it first came out in 2010. <laughs> And I fell in love with it. I'm glad that he still has a 60s Chicago soul sound today with his latest album. I think it was like, I think it was about 15 or 16 when I discovered his music. I don't remember exactly how old I was. But around 2010, 2011 is when I first, you know, heard a lot of his stuff. Like when I was like 14 or 15. So I hope you'll check out the rest of his album. I'll throw... In the link to his uh, album, you know, which came out this year in April 2019, besides a song I'm highlighting from the album for this podcast, News You Can Use, because it totally sounds badass. And I'll throw the link to his album in the description of this episode of this podcast. And I can probably say that he is my new favorite artist of today in 2019 and never have been this excited over somebody brand new in a long time because he just doesn't sound like anybody else I know out there today. And his music is the closest to what I grew up listening to when I was a kid. And he definitely holds a special place in my heart, that's for sure. And also, a couple things I want to say about 99 Dreams before I close out this podcast. Um, a lot of the songs that he wrote off this album were definitely based off of his own Real experience and his growth and maturity as an adult, because he actually has uh, a kid now in 2019, and he has another one on its way. So, you know, a lot of that album is, uh, you know, you know, based off of his own personal experience as a musician, and uh, you know, some of the other absolutely fire as fuck uh, tracks off this album include Bank Robber and Coulda Had This, and uh, a couple of his other songs on there that are just absolutely. Phenomenal, And uh, I definitely highly suggest you check out uh, the rest of the album because I listened to it top to bottom and it sounds fantastic. I mean, it's just incredible. I love it. I mean, he's literally my favorite new artist of 2019. Hopefully you guys will like it too. Um, You know, hopefully you guys will check out the rest of the stuff. And yeah. So that concludes episode number 73 of my 60 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if you really like my analysis and my take on uh, Eli, people Reed song news you can use, um, and if you really enjoyed his music and you've never heard of him before, and this is your first time listening to him, and you're like, wow, this is amazing, I love it, um, you can email me at samltwillie at iCloud.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at iHeartWillies and check out more of my Original music at net. Now, honestly, if you're one of those people like me who grew up listening to this music when you were a kid and you want to hear somebody that's new and still has that 60s retro soul sound, then this is your man, Eli Paperboy Reed. I couldn't recommend him enough as far as somebody out there today that still has that retro 60s sound and it sounds the closest to what you heard a lot of that stuff when you heard a lot of that stuff back then. Even one, thing, one more thing I want to say, even the time as to like the length of his songs is so accurate to the 60s. I mean, some of his songs are like 2 minutes and 45 seconds or 3 minutes or 2 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, or two, you know, that, that's honestly, that's exactly how long a lot of those classic 60s soul records were. I mean, they literally punched him right around the exact same time. So, he's definitely somebody I highly recommend if you're really into that kind of music and hopefully you are and you're around my age. But anyways, also... Um, you can email me. You, you can follow me on Instagram at IHeartOldies. and also, if you if you want to find some another person who does music that's similar to Eli Paperboy Read but is more specific to, like, the British invasion and psychedelic rock and someone who is more along the lines of just classic 60s pop that isn't totally R&B soul like Eli Hooboy Reed is, you can check out more of my original music at Sam music, music, Williams music.net because I know a lot of you out there probably haven't heard my music specifically, but again, it's got that retro 60s pop rock sound, but it isn't necessarily, like, the, the blatantly sort of you know, Blue-Eyed soul, 60s R&B, you know, as much as Eli, Paperboy Reed is, but it still has that retro 60s pop rock sound, and some of it is also influenced by Burt Backrack and Hal David, and some of those classic 60s pop rock records of that time period, so... If you want to listen to that, also, it's, I, I will say that a lot of my stuff has been influenced by the Beatles before, so, you know, so I, I know I know they're not, like, I don't really gravitate towards them all the time, but I will say that I, I was influenced by them but anyway, so, um you can find my music at samwillingsmusic.net. And also, um, you know, I will be redoing my website and switching to a different provider soon, so... Um, you know, I'm going to be working on that soon. I'll let you guys know as soon as I do that. It's going to have the same URL. It's just going to look a little different. It might, it might look a lot better, my newer website. So I'll let you guys know when that's up and I'll throw that link in the description of this episode, this podcast. And this the song I'm doing this week's up in this week's episode is going to be in the Spotify playlist for this podcast. You can check that out. Um, That link is also in the description of this episode of this podcast and a link to this week's song and a link to my totally badass red bubble merch store for this podcast there you will find this really cool logo that i designed for my podcast i didn't design it but i came up with the idea for it it's key things groovy this catchphrase i say at the end of every episode and tie-dye um you know uh keep on trucking font, and My my podcast, my name of my podcast on the bottom. A lot, I have a lot of really cool, um, you know, uh, items on there that you guys can check out, and you can also maybe purchase something if you choose to do so. If you really like what I'm doing with this podcast, but if you don't want to, that's fine. There's no pressure. But I like at least like to have some feedback from you guys on the prices of each item in my store plus. Um, you know what the logo looks like as well. What do you think of that? But, anyways, so um, also please leave me a review for this podcast in the Apple Podcast app if you choose, if you're listening to it through through it on there, and follow my show on Spotify and follow uh, the official Spotify playlist for this podcast. This will be the first modern song I'm going to be adding on there, so that's going to be really cool because all the other songs on there are from the 60s. So, hopefully, that will create some, it'll spice things up a little bit for that official Spotify playlist for this podcast. So, I'll have i link to in the description of this episode of this podcast, and hopefully you guys will suggest to me some songs that I haven't covered on my show yet that I will cover on my show eventually. But, you know, hopefully you guys will do that by email, emailing me at samltwillieicloud.com or following me and reaching out to me on Instagram, I Heart which is spelled like I-H-E-A-R-T-O-L-I-D-S. That's basically it's spelled like I Heart Radio, except with oldies in the title. But anyway, so... Um, I'm Sam Williams, and thank you guys for listening to my podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'll keep you guys updated as to when uh, the, the, the 60s, uh, set list for the 60s show will take place, and uh, that will be very exciting. But, yeah, so anyways, so I'm Sam Williams. Thank you again for listening to my podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. And until next week, please keep things groovy.